0: Um, Chase, get up here. So I actually, I actually really asked to um, be able to announce Chase. Me and Chase have been best friends since seventh grade. And I think the biggest honor is to be able to announce your um, friend to speak the word of God. And I also just wanted to say how awesome it's been to have you a part of the youth ministry and just to thank you for that. Um, and, but more than that, I love who you're becoming, and just to be in this journey with you from seventh grade to now is pretty cool to see, man, and I absolutely love you, I love hanging out with you, and you and Noel are awesome, and so, kill it, man! Oh, thank you, brother, thank you. thank you. All right, check, check, am I on? We good? Is this good? That was cool, I wasn't expecting that, so, just threw me off a little bit, but, um, that's so, that's, that's so, so good. Um, good, morning. good morning. It is so, so awesome to be back with you guys on a Sunday service. I haven't gotten to be here part of Sunday service since the end of May. And, and so it's just so, so cool to be here, especially on Gratitude Sunday. And yeah, yeah, just, just super grateful. Yeah, just a huge blessing. Um, about that time that I've been away, just, I just want to put all the rumors to bed right now. Noel did not break up with me, and so like that—that's that, not why I haven't been coming to church, right? There yeah. go. Okay. All right, we're good. We're good. Um, uh, uh, the truth is that I that I got a job, and I actually just have a really really mean boss who who makes me work on Sundays. No, no, that's Brandon. You said I could say that. um. um Brandon's one of the coolest dudes, one of, one of, one of my favorite people, and, um, and I'm going to be putting a, a leaf on a tree with his name on it, because I'm just so, so grateful for him, and, uh, and, and just who he's been for me, and how he's poured into my life, so in all actuality, super, super grateful uh, for Brandon. What an awesome person, and, and just along that note, um, Mary's downstairs with the kids, but I mean, just how about our pastors, Shane and Mary, like, like can we just thank them right now? I mean... And, and I haven't been able to be here on a Sunday morning since May, but, but the the teachings go out on the websites and the podcasts, and, and it just keeps me involved as a part of this church along with, you know, um, Uprising, shout out Uprising right here, but, um, but, but just back to that, just amazing, amazing teachings, and what an amazing team, and two people we have who are... Um, one, they just have lives that, that I really want to emulate and, and, and that I want um, so many aspects that I want my future uh, family to look like and my relationship with Jesus to look like. And, um, and so, uh, yeah, j- just, just like, and people that really just live it out, they love Jesus and, and they live it out, and, and uh, we're just so, so blessed to have them. Another disclaimer, I am 100% going to get super lost during this. There are going to be long, awkward pauses every once in a while. And I've just accepted that, and I know that that's okay with that. And God will be with us the whole time, and it's going to keep moving. But, But just understand that if that happens, I expected that to happen. It's not a mistake. It's not planned, but it's not a mistake. No, just testing to see if you guys are gonna be cool with it. Okay, okay, we're good. Um, yes, yes. So super, super excited to be here on uh, gratitude Sunday. Before we go back into it, let's let's just pray. Let's just bow our heads and pray. <clears throat> um, God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you. Uh, that you have orchestrated it in this way, that I'm able to come back and speak on this Sunday, and for the work that you have been doing in my life and my heart to prepare this message. Thank you so much for the word that you want to communicate to these people. I pray that there would be no barriers for that word to get to them and get to their hearts. God, I pray that for every single thing that is true that comes through me, that it would sink deep into the hearts of every single person here, and I pray for anything that might be false or not aligned with you um, by by any of my error or human accident, that that would just roll off of, uh, of people's shoulders, that it would go one e- in one ear and out the other, but I pray that your truths would sink deep into our hearts. God, thank you so much for, uh, for, for all the um, the physical things that you made, including us, and the fact that you call us good. I pray that everything about this Sunday would just produce gratefulness in our hearts toward you. Thank you for who you are and who you say that we are, and I pray that we would just know more about that today, about who you are and who you say that we are. Thank you again, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So very excited, very excited, very nervous. Also, one hundred percent. And and I usually am not as nervous for these types of things. But when it came up that um, when Brandon reminded me because I had completely forgotten that I was scheduled to preach on this Sunday, I did not want to do it at all. <laughs> I, I was looking, I, I mean, I wasn't actively looking for ways out, but I was definitely paying attention to see if there were any ways out, <laughs> because, <laughs> because I even asked them, I'm like, hey, you know, this is Sunday before Thanksgiving, was this a mistake, we can change it if we want to, I won't be offended, and, um, and they were like, no, no, we're good, we planned this, and I'm like, all right, well, I can't say no, I guess, um, and, and because, and that goes along, I got to give a message last year, and it was all about taking risks, it was all about taking risks, because I was in a place where I was living, um, just trying to protect myself from any potential danger, and it was cutting off the life for me, and I gave a message about taking risks, and it's just, it's, it's, it's just like, if you ever like give a message on something, be prepared to deal with that conviction for the rest of your life, because from now on, any time, I, um, I'm faced with something that can be good for other people, but it scares me. I have literally no excuse to say no to it anymore, like for the rest of my life, because that's what I give a message on. And so they told me, they, they, they said that I was scheduled to preach, um, uh, made sure that I was still cool with it. And I had that little wrestle with God for a moment of, do I have to do this? You know, am I doing this or not? And just the little voice in my head perked up, and it was, um, and it just reminded me, didn't you once say that real love is risking the feeling of pain or embarrassment so that others may experience the goodness of God? You know, and, would, and wouldn't giving this word about God's goodness on a Sunday to his people count as something that, 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 that could enable others to experience the goodness of God? so I say yes. <clears throat> I say yes, and that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about goodness and gratitude, and, um, and, and, and we're going to do it in the uh, three, and three main points. I think that's the next slide. Yeah, God is good. One, God is good. Two, God made you good. And three, God's goodness produces our gratitude. Back to a word on that season of risk. Over that time, God showed me, because I, because I really still am in that season of risk where I'm trying to take risks, to, to be a person who take, takes risks so that others may experience God's goodness, risking for other people. And, and just something that he's shown me throughout this whole process, because it's super uncomfortable, but he's shown me that he will never fail me. And that time after time after time, I'm faced with these decisions. I'm uncomfortable. I worry about the future. I worry about the end result. I want to give up. And in the end, he always comes through for me. He will never fail me. But at the beginning of this story, it started, this, this, this whole endeavor and mindset to risk for others started with a person with an incredibly deep Deep distrust for God. Anybody been there? Deep distrust for God. I was hurt. I was an 18-year-old Christian who, thank God, and somehow, I mean, 18 is a long time, but had never experienced the evils of the world firsthand. And for the first time in my life, I did, and I was hurt. And some of us, the younger ones, may be blessed to not experience something that, you know, just rocks your whole world, but many, many, many of us have experienced that first thing that really just shakes everything. My sense of security and my sense of certainty was broken. And overnight, what always used to be an easy God is good turned into a terrifying is God good? Is God good? I mean, come on, this is taking a sour turn, but like this is... Gratitude Sunday. And even though it's Gratitude Sunday, whether it's, you know, gratitude Sunday, praise Sunday or not, some people are here this day. Some people are going through that season of time where they're just in that dark time, that dark time of distrust, doubt, disbelief. And that's where I was. That's where I was. Throughout that time, let me know if you guys can relate to this, but Sunday after Sunday, I still went to church, but I didn't sing. I literally didn't sing. I bowed my head, but I didn't pray. And this is hard to say, and it might be hard to hear, but I truly felt like I could not give God praise because I no longer believed and had that assurance that he was good that he was good. Now, I want to say God was good the entire time, and now I'm speaking after the fact. He was good the entire time, and even though I refused to face him for that long point in my life, he never turned away from me. But I no longer believed that he was good, and it started to slowly kill me. And I talked about this a lot in the other message I need to share about it briefly today. The two ingredients in this recipe of death were anxiety and isolation. Anxiety and isolation. I was anxious. You know, I went through this thing. I had this fear. I was no longer certain of God's goodness. Things were no longer certain and safe. You know, Matthew uh, chapter 6, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, not at all. I was worried about the future. I was worried about what was coming next. I was worried about how people would react to me every time I did or said something. My whole life was consumed with that anxiety and fear. I like to think about it this way. That's just kind of what happens sometimes when you're walking through life and you take a step expecting your foot to land on safe, soft grass, and it lands on a bomb. You're scared to take the next step for a long time. I mean, anybody ever feel like that? Like they're anxious about the next step, anxious how they're going to be perceived by others, anxious about the future, far in the future, near in the future, what's coming next? I mean, because a lot, <sighs> there's just a lot of stuff that says that that a lot of people in this room are dealing with that. One statistic that I came across said that um, that 30% of millennials and Generation Z currently say that they experience disruptive anxiety or depression, disruptive anxiety or depression, anxiety and depression that that inhibits the, the normal functioning of their everyday life and causes them to not be able to do and feel all the things that they should be able to do and feel throughout any given day one practically one third of us in this room and possibly more. And I, and I really felt like that. I was 100% consumed and disrupted by anxiety and depressive symptoms. And when you feel those things and you don't tell anybody about it, what happens? You become isolated. You become isolated, you feel those things, you don't tell anybody about it, you're no longer truly known by them, that you feel like they don't know you, and then you don't feel like you can connect or truly be yourself with other people. Another incredible stat that I came across that really shook me, 54% of us, uh, meaning millennials, and I could even argue that it would be more for Generation Z, would say that we are chronically lonely. Over half of us say that we're chronically lonely, and that we always or sometimes feel that no one knows us well. I mean, that is heavy stuff, over half of us. And I would possibly argue that Christians in this circle are not exempt, but that we might even experience that more because we even want to hide ourselves more because of the fear and shame that we feel like would come when people find out that we aren't quote-unquote good Christians. And that's how I felt. That's how I felt. All my close friends were Christians. I mean, anybody in the room relate to that? All my close, all the people in my circle were were close Christians. And, and regardless if this is true or not, I kind of felt like that, that I couldn't share those things, that I couldn't come to them, these good Christian people. I mean, hear me out, picture this. This is what was going on in my head. I just walk up and I'm like, hey. So, uh, so God, right? You know, God. I don't really think he's good, you know, anymore. I mean, like like I was like, what what are people gonna say to that? And what are they gonna think about me? Because because it's almost a cliche, and I've heard it even more as I've gotten older. I know it, you know it. I mean let's do it right now. God is good. All the time. And all the time. I mean like that is the mantra, that is the foundation of so many things, and here I was questioning like that, questioning that, and that's why I felt like I couldn't go to anybody about it. And honestly, I have amazing, awesome friends. And they probably would have responded so compassionately and said and leaned in and said, "Chase, what's wrong?" But I was so scared that they were going to say, "Chase, what's wrong with you?" You know what I mean? That difference between what's wrong, what's wrong says, I'm near, I'm with you, I hear you. What's wrong with you say, says further separation. You know, you are not like us. You do not belong with us. And that's how I felt that I didn't belong. I felt that isolation. And that's the crazy thing, too, is humans, we have a fundamental need to belong. It's been proven through time. Genesis says it before, um, you know, like, man was created, and, and God looks at it, and at this point, it was even before the fall and the curse, and so, um, so there was perfect communion with God. I mean, like, God and man were there. It was, it was great. There was no sin in the world, and God still said it's not good for man to be alone. There was still a need that other people and community needed to fill, which is insane, And it's been proven over time, and it's been proven through science. Our brains acknowledge belonging as a fundamental human need right up there with air and water and food. I mean, how crazy is that? We never would have thought about it like that. But we have a fundamental human need to belong to a group. And I really felt like I didn't. I didn't feel like I could be truly known because because I was cut off um, from, from from sharing those things about myself. So I was not able to find true acceptance or belonging. And I realized that way of life was slowly killing me. And I knew that I had to do something about it, but I was completely lost because I already felt cut off and isolated from all my friends and family, um, emotionally and relationally. and um, And I just had no idea where to go or what to do with it. And I still didn't trust God. And I had finally become aware that I wasn't trusting God But it made it all the more terrifying to turn and face him again. But the reality is that God and his goodness in that time showed me his grace. He knew that he was the only one who could bring me true healing. And out of his goodness, he forced me to face him again. I've gotten to go on a few mission trips to Peru and, uh and Kevin's going to just click through a few slides, and just something about this place, for the people who have been there, you know this, there's just something about this place where it is just impossible to not acknowledge that you are surrounded by the presence of God. When you're in a third world country, and all distractions are eliminated, and you're around people um, just filled with the spirit of Jesus. There's no way to not face and acknowledge the fact that you're surrounded, which at that time for me was like my biggest fear and the biggest thing that I did not want. But it was the best thing for me. It caused me to face him again. And then when, once I was finally facing him, he showed me his truths. The next picture is... Um, uh yes that one that's where that was my kind of that was kind of my view when we got to do our morning morning devotionals and at this time um well for this specific trip the very first day of the devotional was psalm 34 verses 4 through 8 and then 15 through 22 which are going to be on the screen. And and just hear this. So I finally faced God again, and here's what he said to me. Psalm 34, 4 through 8. I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Continuing on on uh, 15 to 22, the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil to cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Hear these promises. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Affliction will slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Amen. Amen. And so and so that was kind of that was the word. I wasn't feeling those things. You know, I wasn't I mean, let's let's just take a look at what I was feeling that any of the, and and at what any of you might have been feeling during a time like this in your life. I was distrusting God. If there's ever a time when you were distrusting God, what does this say? He says, "I am good." You can trust me. I was sad and hurt, and what does he say? To those who are sad and hurt, I have saved you and delivered you from all your troubles. I was feeling isolated and broken and alone and crushed. Anybody feeling like that? He says, I hear you, I am with you. You can cry out to me, I am here. He is the good father. And in his goodness, he wants to counteract the lies that have been killing you. Those verses don't say that you will never face trouble or pain or brokenness or crushing. In fact, they almost say, um, and, and they don't, yeah, they don't dismiss that at all, but rather they are a promise that when you are hurt, when you are broken, when you are crushed, that he will save you, deliver you, redeem you, and never leave you. Amen? And this enables us. To give him praise, no matter what the season we're in, whether it's the darkest or the brightest, or the lowest valley or the highest mountain, these promises say that if it doesn't, that, it, that, that, it, that if you aren't seeing redemption, deliverance, renewal, healing right now, then it's not over. Then it's not over, and so you can praise him during that time in the darkness because he has always promised that he will get you through it. It's not over until you see him. And his goodness. It's not over until you see him and his goodness. A few other verses that go along with this. Hebrews 11.1. 1, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Talking about that's what real faith is. Knowing and believing that even though you aren't seeing it right now, believing those promises that we just read about redemption, renewal, Healing and love. First Peter 5:10 says, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Hear those promises today. Think about how God has shown you those things in this past year. It's amazing. Continuing on, Revelation 21:4, he will wipe away every tear from, your eye, from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. If that is your reality of pain, tears, crying out, God says, God says that those things are the temporary. What's eternal, what's eternal. Is his victory, your renewal, your redemption, and you see that the most through um, through what Jesus did for us, right? God's out of His goodness, so lovingly sent His one and only Son to die on the cross so that we, so that our sins will be forgiven, and raised him up and sealed our eternal victory. Jesus was the fulfillment of all of those things, all of those promises, and made all of them true when he rose again, because he once and for all defeated death, so that our eternity is what, uh, our, our eternity is victory, and death, and pain, and suffering are only temporary. The story isn't over until you see God and his goodness. And so I just want to ask you, just knowing these things now, thinking about these things, to ask a few questions. We have uh, leaves throughout the sanctuary. Uh, usually, I think they're in the back of your guys' chairs. And just to think about these things, to not let this, um, this gratefulness that you have for God due to this go unacknowledged, to not let these things, the ways that he has restored, shown you prom- his promises and renewal, we don't want them to go unacknowledged. And so... Um, so just a few questions to help you think of what you might write um, uh, write and, and later on share on these trees about, you know, what God has done for you and who you are grateful for. So just think about these things. One question, what promises of God are you particularly grateful for? What has he said that's true, that you are just so grateful is true, and that the alternative is not your reality? Two, how has God shown you or proven his goodness to you this year? Three, what dark season or event has he been faithful to you through? And finally, four, what's something you're going through right now that you have faith God will redeem and use for good? Because we can praise praise him for that right now. Moving on, point number two, what does this say about us? We talked about God, what his promises are, um, what his promises are, and uh, who he is. But part two, I think it's really important to say, what does it say about us? You know, remember, uh, we talked about the, the, the greatest command before, you know, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If you don't have a right view of yourself, how are you supposed to love your neighbor accurately? So we need to look at what this says about us as people and how that can produce gratefulness to him. God made you good. Two parts to this. One um, is that God created you as good. God created you as good. Going back to Genesis 1, literally in the Genesis story, when he's talking about everything that was created, created the heavens and the earth, he separated, um, yeah, he created the separation. He created... um, uh, the, the birds of the sea, you know, the beasts of the field, uh, the birds of the sea, oh my goodness, what am I talking about? The, the, the creatures of the sea, the, the birds of the air, beasts of the field, everything, and it says, and I got to pull this up, because the exact wording of it is just too, too good, and after all those things, he said, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, everything that he made. And behold, it was very good. Literally, in the essence of your being, in the essence of your creation, how God created and formed you, he created you as a good, good creation. Psalm 139 also says, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me in my mother's womb. God just didn't create the first two people and then said, all right, go, whatever happens here, that's, that's fine. You guys create it and do whatever you want with it. No, he was just involved in every single part of your personal creation. You formed my inward parts, you knitted me in my mother's womb. God created you as inherently good. But what's one thing we have, though? Continuing on in that Genesis story, we have the fall, right? We have the fall. Man disobeyed God. The good gifts that he created for us and gave to us were distorted. And what was once holy and white and perfect and exactly as it should be was tainted. It was no longer the same. And it affects every part. And that's where we were for a little bit. I know it's a pretty color, but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a pretty thing. Because that was us, not as he created us. It was us separated. It was us. Um, well, basically, sin I like to think of is just the distortion of any good gift. You know, he gave us these things, and, and we distorted it, and it's no longer how it should be. But then, thank God that the story didn't stop there. Because our next point, God, Jesus renewed your goodness. Like we are talking about with what God did when he sent his son down to die on the cross for your sins. He renewed your goodness. Think about it, though. Like, it, it, it was the, the most amazing thing to ever happen, and only Jesus could do it. Because in our world, what happens when a dirty thing interacts with a clean thing? What wins? You know, what wins? If you have a dirty thing and a clean thing, and you put it together, did they both become clean? No, they both become dirty. They both become filthy. They're both infected. And that's how every single thing in the world works. But then Jesus comes in, and he is so holy and so good and so righteous and so perfect that he, the clean thing, touched the dirty thing, the filthy thing, and it becomes clean. And it's, and it, and it's just insane. And, um, and that's what he can do in our own hearts because when he rose from the grave, he, he gave us eternal life, and he is eternally living and can eternally live within us. So now... What was once, you know, tainted by sin and the curse and the fall, Jesus can enter into us and our lives. And he doesn't just give us enough for ourselves or enough to fill us up. But he gives us enough that will overflow to others. And there's no perfect illustration for that there 's no perfect illustration for that, because even that, even though it was diffused a little bit, it was still tainted with some blue. But with Jesus, there is absolutely no trace left of our sins. It says they are literally gone and forgotten, and so I know we 're getting towards the end but um, but my favorite verse to illustrate this or to to explicitly talk about this. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed, the new has come. Jesus renewed your goodness and made you what God intended you to be when he crafted you with his own hands. So knowing this and thinking about this, just some more reflection questions. If you are inspired by these things, if this produces any gratefulness, in you, I encourage you to express that so it does not go unexpressed, unacknowledged, and forgotten. That we can all celebrate the things that God's done for us with these leaves. So, if any of that resonates with you, I encourage you to write it down. Some questions that can help us out. One, what are you grateful for that God has created? Literally, He created everything and He called it all good. The, the, the sin distorts it, but in its essence, all creation from God and it is good. So anything, what is he, what are you grateful for that God has created? Two, who are you grateful for that God has created? Because he made every single one of us, every single one of us in this room. And I bet if God was challenged to write who he was grateful for and put it up for the world to see, every single one of your names would be there. And that just wrecks me sometimes. Three, what are you grateful for about how he made you? because he did make you special and unique, and as a member of the church body and community to be valuable and to give praise to him. What are you grateful for about how he has made you? And for what has God renewed in your life this past year? And what Or what is he in the process of renewing right now? And we're going to close with this. Psalm 100, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you go back to that last one, Kevin? Yes, thankfulness and gratitude. All these things can produce thankfulness and gratitude in us to give to God, and that is the point. Um, and then uh, Psalm 100, 4 through 5, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. This is our call after receiving, after, after knowing, and hearing the good things that God is has done for us. This is our response Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Well, if everyone could, if everyone could stand with me, and uh, we will pray. And, um, And we're going to sing some songs, and for any of you who who took that step to express your gratefulness, wrote it down on a leaf, during those last two songs, you will be able to come up and, and place it on the tree, celebrate that thing with this community. So I encourage you to do that, but first, let's pray. Let's thank God. God, thank you so, so, so much for your faithfulness, for your love for your love every single time it has the chance to not work out you always complete it God you are the God of good promises you are the God of renewal healing (sighs) and we just thank you for that Thank you so much for what you've spoken today. I pray that whatever was true would sink deep into our hearts and affect us and change us. And I pray that if anything was false, that it would roll off. But I pray that the truth would run deep. Thank you, God, for for how you made us, how you crafted each of us, and you care so much to do so with your own hands. And thank you, God, that you have renewed us and saved us. And did what no one else could do by making us clean and new and good again through Jesus. And I pray that all that would just produce so much gratefulness and gratitude in us. And that we would just be able to have the courage to just lift it all back up to you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.